Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Oh, it's 12 o'clock. Oh, my guess, we're done. Not. Now, if this doesn't fall down, I'll be okay. Birker said, do you need something up there to put your stuff on? I said, I don't know. It depends how nervous I am. might drop something. So today's word in elaborate in the youth for me was forgetfulness. Got a call late this week, just a couple days ago, and it was from Julie. Thank you, Julie, for reading the scripture which is not in your bulletin because someone forgot to put it in, to turn it in. And she says, hey, what's your scripture? What's your title? And I said, huh? And I had plenty of warning. Weeks ago, pastor said, hey, can you uh, say something at this great event that we're having this weekend? And I said, sure, no problem. Oh, yeah. And then I forgot. So... That's why in your bulletin you don't have the scripture written down and you don't have a title. So write it down right now what the scripture is. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Fill in the blank. You'll want to remember that. And so that you know, write in the blank where the title it says should say life-oriented and information-oriented teaching. Life-oriented and information-oriented teaching. Oh, is there a difference? I don't know. I think so. We'll talk about it just a little bit. So we're proud of all the young people today, right? That's right. They're moving forward and advancing on to uh, experience and, and show new skills. They're advancing in discernment. They're advancing in maturity Each of the young people who came forward this morning will be moving to new adventures, new teachers, new relationships, and a new Sabbath school experience. I should preface all this by saying, I may start talking to the young people, but listen closely. There will be a transition in my talk for the rest of you. Okay? So don't fall asleep early. The focus and methods of learning will be different and challenging in your new rooms, maybe, with your new groups. That's expected. And I would venture to say for most of the young people that these transitions and changes are not only expected, but desired. They like growing up, they like going to new places and to be with new groups and make new friends. Oh, what fun it can be when you come from one group and you move to another. Wow, isn't it exciting? Can you hardly wait? Oh, it doesn't matter where you come from, how much you know or how much you don't know, how much money you have, what your first language is that you speak or what you wear. 
you are now at the age and you move forward in your Sabbath school experience. For some, it may be a little scary. And I saw some heads saying, I'm not so sure this is a good idea. I might be with bigger kids. I'm not sure what to do. I like the comfort of my zone right now. You know how that it can be sometimes. You will now become the youngest in the group instead of the oldest. The others have been in that room for one year, for two years, for three years. They're used to one another. And you may be asking yourself, will I know what to do? Will I fit in? Will I say the right thing? Who is that scary teacher? Will the teacher be nice to me like the last one was? And even worse, will I have to say or do something in front of them? Let me say this to all of you who are thinking that way. Put those ideas out of your head. Every Sabbath school room is a safe place. It is a place where God can be at the center of every activity, the center of every discussion. Don't worry, just relax, enjoy, and go with the flow. No problem. Then again, for others, it may be just another opportunity to extend their reach. They can hardly wait to get out and go to a new place, to be recognized as part of the older group. It will be a chance for you to be enriched, and as you think about it, a chance for you to enrich others. No fear at all, rather just a natural progression. I can hardly wait. I take things in stride. Bring it on, I can handle it. Ready or not, here I come. To you guys that are thinking that way, I say... Your Sabbath school is a place where God is the center of discussion and the center of activity. So relax and enjoy. For some, maybe it's just going on to have more fun with a new group because they can sit in soft sofas instead of those hard steel chairs. <laughs> to you, I say, just relax. God is the center of discussion and activity. Enjoy. I hope all the parents and caregivers of these young people who are advancing have discussed these transition issues with them. Do you know what your child is thinking about? What anxieties they may have or joys that they have about this opportunity? What feelings that are inside their hearts? If you have not discussed with them, I urge you to please do so prior to next Sabbath. You and your child will appreciate it, and you both will find the discussion enlightening. Share your discussion with your child with the new Sabbath school teachers, too. Church and Sabbath school can be a wonderful experience when child, parent, and teacher are working together. No matter how good Sabbath, the Sabbath school experience is for our young people, and we want it to be the best we can, right? It is designed as an information-oriented teaching experience. 
Yes, it's teaching about God and the good news. Lessons and Bible verses by the hundreds are shared and even memorized every year. Assignments are made to fill in the blanks, color the picture, place a felt on the board, find a verse, pray a prayer, sing a song. These are all important and all helpful for young people as they learn who God is, what God can do, and what God wants them to be in their life. We all know the text. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. This gives all Christian parents courage and hope. Courage to teach the right from wrong, and hope that their child will be able to discern the difference as they grow older. Today, though, not only am I talking to the young people, I want to encourage the parents, guardians, family, and friends to listen closely to the Word of God read earlier. Our scripture reading today from Deuteronomy gives all parents and family and friends a very specific guideline about how real, deep teaching occurs for our children. It does not talk about school, does not talk about Sabbath school, does not talk about teachers or others. It doesn't say what should be taught in the school or Sabbath school. My fellow parents, friends, and family, the advice from God is to you and me, is very clear. God's message is clear. The best way to teach your child about God and the good news about Jesus Christ is by teaching through life-oriented methods. It is not about the teacher at Sabbath school or the teacher at school. Life-oriented teaching comes from the home. Let's read Deuteronomy 6, 4-9 through again. The test. You can find Deuteronomy. Who would ever thought? Get a scripture out of Deuteronomy for kids. Hmm. These words may sound familiar to you from other places, though, I'm sure. Deuteronomy 4, 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Does that sound familiar? Have you heard that before? One God, one Lord, one truth, one salvation, one name under heaven where you can be saved. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Do those words sound familiar? Did you know they were in Deuteronomy? I tell you, Jesus really knew the Old Testament, didn't he? Do these words sound familiar? What is the first and greatest commandment? 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? And then others. These commandments that I give you today are to be written on your hearts. Does that admonition sound familiar to you? Your words have I written on my heart that I may not sin against thee. Then God goes, God goes on to say, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Do you understand what God is saying? What is he saying to his people? Do you grasp the magnitude of this challenge? God actually alive in every aspect of our home life? Are you ready? Maybe you're there. I want you to think about these words. Ask yourself, am I teaching my child about God and the good news in a life-oriented way? Am I making God part of my everyday experiences with my children or child? Does my home life reflect the meaning of these verses? Now, with that scripture and those thoughts in mind, think to yourself as I read these questions and answer them. Do I know the one and only Lord God? Do I love God with all my heart, my soul, and my strength? Have I written the good news about Jesus Christ and salvation on my heart? Do I impress on my children the goodness that comes from having a relationship with God? Do I take time to sit with my child and read about the love God has for them? When I'm driving with my children in the car, do I share the great hope of eternal life that God has offered? Do the actions of my hands show or express the strength that comes from God? Does my home have the sweet aroma of God's spirit? Do the activities I do with my child give excitement to a life with God? The answers to these questions will help you understand if, along with the information-oriented teaching of God found in Sabbath school, whether you have a life-oriented teaching of God for your children at home. Now, could I ask those who are being promoted to stand can you stand now? All those that are being promoted, I'll find you. I know you, you're the ones with those fancy certificates. Can you stand? That was it? Where'd the rest go? Oh, cool. That's where I'll be next week then. Today, what we want to say to you is congratulations to all of you. You're now advancing to a new group. We lift you up to God, and we give him glory for this milestone. We expect you to grab this opportunity 
and enjoy the newness it provides in discovering God in new ways with new friends, in a new environment, in a new Sabbath school, with new people, new teachers, and even in new ways. Enjoy your adventure with an information-oriented teaching group. Like all the others to stand, all the parents and family and friends of these people. You can stand. This is exercise. I promise to get you out in time. I always do. And to you, parents, guardians, family, and friends, I say, grasp and savor every moment you have with these young people. You must diligently teach your children to see God in all aspects of life. An information-oriented method and a life-oriented method of teaching are not mutually exclusive. However, God's word is clear. A home life revolving around God is a precious gift not to be ignored. Plan for and enjoy a life-oriented teaching experience with your children. If you remember nothing else from today's homily, nice, short, remember this one thing. Eternal truths are most effectively learned in a loving environment in a God-centered home. Thank you. You can be seated.